Hello and welcome to another episode of We Ain't Got No Podcast, SB Nation's Chelsea Blog's first and finest podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Funnel, and as always, I am glad to be joined by my fellow host, Ram. Hello. Ram. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, and today we've got two brilliant guests, despite, of course, there being a bit of a disappointing result, which we will be talking about. Um, both are writers slash moderators for our beloved blog. At first, we have Andre Carlisle. And secondly, we have Brian Yakko, also known as Yakki. Uh, <laughs> I kind of remember him as Yatsi. I don't know why. But I also mispronounced Ram's name. Yeah, and misspell it as well. Yeah, misspell as well. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of a European thing, it seems. Uh, I'm terribly uh, sorry. But nevertheless, welcome, guys. Oh, thanks for having us. Uh, actually, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> Come again, uh, Brian? <laughs> oh, I was just saying, like, I prefer uh, the username Yahtzee, but uh, SB Nation had that taken already. Ah, oh, okay. Also, um, before before we get started, um, I'll have you know that that's Mr. Andre Carlyle, who has been published on Vice very recently. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Wow. I didn't realize we were going to get to that, but I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, we, we must get to that. <laughs> I mean, before we really do talk about uh, the game and, you know, everyone gets depressed, uh, we might as well actually start with something as nice as that. So, I mean... Tell us about it. How, how does it feel to be published on Vice? That's a pretty, pretty big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, honestly, how it feels is is very weird uh, because I didn't expect it. It was just an editor who DM me. She got my contact from somebody else who follows me, but we've never really interacted. So I don't even know how or why that happened. Uh, I was actually taking a, a family trip at the time and kind of writing in every spare moment I had because I was like, this is a cool opportunity. It'd be weird if I didn't give it my all. So I tried that and they were pleased and the reaction was great. So yeah, how it felt, it felt surreal. That's really the only word I can I can come up with for it. And, you know, hopefully I continue to write a bit more for other outlets and it won't be so surreal. But for now, that's what I got to go with. I mean... I think as a writer, everyone uh, wants that kind of opportunity. So kudos for that. Is big congrats. Yeah, appreciated. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, you get some high praise from a lot of uh, big name people out on Twitter. He was like casually, yeah. casually tweeting any any Ola Luko. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, wow! It, yeah, she just randomly followed me too, and I was just like, "What is happening right now?" So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand. There's a lot of people that randomly follow me and I don't really know why because I make really dumb jokes. I talk about soccer and occasionally I'll make a point, uh, but it doesn't at all to me seem to be worth it. But I'm glad they haven't figured that out yet. He's he's also very modest. So yeah, um, <laughs> there's there's that. So anyway, on to the result, on, on to the game. So, yes, we we drew to all against Sheffield United at Stamford Bridge. It is the thing that happened. And, yeah, I'd, I'd just like to know your your initial reactions. I mean, not initial, obviously. It's been like 24 hours. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on the game? Let's start with Brian. Uh, you know, I, I had a chance to kind of watch a little bit of the game, like, today. Like, just kind of review and prep for this. I want to say last, like, as of yesterday, my disappointment probably was immeasurable and my day was probably ruined. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of harsh, but at the same time, I'm not a big fan of conceding two goals after being two up, especially after half. Uh, last year, we had the whole thing where, you know, we start the half uh, like pretty light, pretty soft, and then we concede. And it seems like it's another thing that's happening again. So it's, I'm not a big fan of seeing this trend start up. Um, you know, and in general, I think the performance yesterday, even with going up two goals in the first half, was pretty soft. Um, I wasn't feeling like we were very convincing. We didn't really attack with conviction. Um, and a, a thing that I've always kind of recognized Chelsea does sometimes when they play teams like up from the championship is they play down to a level of the uh -huh. opponent. And I feel like that's exactly what we saw yesterday, where it was kind of light, didn't really attack very well, and didn't really make any real threatening movements outside of the mistakes that the Norse defenders and goalkeepers made. 
yeah that's understandable <laughs> um what about you andre i mean i you have you've not been very excited at all and i know that for a fact you're just like yeah <laughs> pulisic is starting so yeah <laughs> what are your what are your thoughts on the game <laughs> yeah i mean i echo brian it was disappointing it um It, like you said, even when you know we went up 2-0, I was really happy for Tammy. He deserves it. He's been playing great. He's kind of doing a whole lot of of extra work off the ball and and dropping deep. He's he's really being complete and showing that he's not just a poacher. But it's mm. it's almost it's so weird that it's just like he's doing all that and we are. He's kind of bailing us out in certain instances, and that's what you know the match really felt like to me because. The rest of the team performance was just very strange and um, not really up to a level in it. And I think the most alarming part is I didn't really see a plan, so to speak, to like handle Sheffield. And and that that is that's weird. Um, that I would have liked to see a lot of more cohesion. I mean, I know a few players are out, but we keep using that excuse. And you know, I just think it's that growth from week to week that I would like to see. And there still seems to be a lot of running around without much um, structure or um, a direction, and that's not that. That probably sounds a little harsh because you know it, it is does, early. Yeah. Lampard is a new manager, but but you know against Sheffield, you expect when you have that kind of possession to be able to create stuff, and the goals didn't necessarily come from anything brilliant, uh, and I would expect at least one or two against that type of competition. I think it's yeah. a quite. I, I don't think I can agree with you when you say that there wasn't. You didn't seem as if it, it didn't seem as if there was no plan because I do see a structure. I do see indications of a of a plan how he wants to play, but the players just aren't able to um, implement that as of yet or not appropriately, adequately. But you know, you see, they want high intensity. They want to press high up. It's just. That the players are letting him down. I mean, on both both goals, and I, I just have to say this. I know we already addressed this last week. Says Aspilicueta, the second goal for me is mostly on him. I know it's an own goal, Zuma, but you know he has to try and get to that. And it's you know if uh, someone just switches off as Aspilicueta did there and gets nutmegged, you know, completely mugged off uh, for the first goal, well before that happened as well. What is Lampard supposed to do? You know, I, I thought they had structure. What the only thing I don't get is some of his substitutions, um, and that's a different debate entirely. But I, I find it interesting that that you'd uh, that you feel as if there's no no plan in there. Uh, I think plan is a little strong. It's just that it, in terms of how they move the ball, what they're actually trying to accomplish in some of those areas. And yeah, you're right. A, a part of it is probably because we have Ross Barkley trying to play a role that he's notoriously been <laughs> meh about. Yeah. So I mean, that's why I said it's probably a little harsh on Lampard, and I'm and I don't necessarily mean to be. It's just that I want to see. I want to see the players executing something that looks like they know what to do with the ball when they get it in certain positions, and that's not what I'm seeing. And I think it's it's kind of toss up. Does that go to the players completely? Does it go to the manager completely? I mean, I think there are some things I would like to see in terms of, say, for instance, in attack, I would like to see our wide players get the ball out wide instead of it always being Emerson or Aspelacueta because. We know at least on the right side he's not going to beat anybody, and his crosses aren't uh, aren't going to be great. Uh, so I don't necessarily think that's that's a fantastic tactic to to operate with if you have a right sided, you know, if you have a right back like Aspelacueta who's not great at at doing any of that. And then of course, like you said, his defending has been unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I thought that. Aspelicueta. I mean, obviously he needs a break because his performance levels are dipping like mad, and I think this is something that uh, Brian spoke about yesterday as well. He he was telling me about how he thinks that uh, it's it's all just catching up with Aspi, and yeah, basically I can't wait until Reece James comes back. But I my thoughts on the game. Thank you for asking. Are <laughs> that <laughs> are that We wanted um, to wait with the Sheffield United gushing until later, but yeah, okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I'm just going to say that, uh, yeah, we weren't, we weren't at the paces. And I know that, I know that Lampard knows that, but I, I also acknowledge Andre's point about the fact that our chances came from essentially what were mistakes from Sheffield United. But I think that the intent of our, of our attacks was in a good place yesterday. I think that we tailored our tactics a little bit to suit the opposition because, you know, Sheffield United pressed really high. Uh, and they actually pressed more intensely than us yesterday, according to the statistics. So what what we were doing was basically trying to find gaps behind their midfield or behind their defense. And that's why we kept playing it long to Tommy Abraham or whoever was in space. So I think we were doing that effectively. And I think that essentially led to us getting two goals. So we got what we deserved. But, and maybe he should have had a hat-trick as well. But yeah, I think we really dropped off in the second half. And once they started getting into the growing into the game it was just like they they started rolling us over and that was not nice to watch at all but yeah that's uh it is it is what it is you know i'll just i'm willing to give him a free run and i'm not going to worry about results for another 10 games or something but but that's that that's just me so mm. yeah anyway another uh, another talking point was like tomori starting instead of christensen which is something we're not very used to seeing like just our center-back partnership just rotated like that. So, I mean, Jimmy, what did you think when you saw Tomori in the lineup? I was surprised that uh, he did that. But on the other hand, we shouldn't be because he's giving chances. I mean, this is what was said and he's doing it. You know, Lampard's a man of his word. That's great. And people were, you know, ranting on Twitter as they like to do about, oh, how can he do that? You know, it's an important game, blah, blah, blah. You know, you can't have it both ways. And I thought that Tomori was, par, you know, barring uh, Emerson, he was our best defender. You know, Zuma, oh, yeah. you can't really do much on the second goal. He has to go for it. It was an unlucky touch that, that went into his own goal, if you ask me. It was a good However, cross. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, it was a cross that shouldn't have happened. But that's mm-hmm. on Azpilicueta, not, yeah. not Zuma. Yeah. And... The, my quarrel with Zuma is exactly the same that we've been debating about for years. And that is that he just, first of all, he gets played in behind too often for my liking. I know he has the pace to basically then out, outrun them and, you know, get thing into position, back in position. But my problem is also that he just miscalculates high balls so, so often. Uh, it drives me absolutely insane. And that's just something we're not, acquainted with uh in the past and so for me I, i'm actually quite fond of andreas christens i know uh, that many on we ain't gonna history uh ha- have a different perspective in that matter but tomori as long as rudiger's still out i would play with tomori and christensen because tomori you could see straight away and this is the last thing i will say to him before let the others of course be his passing was much quicker than Zuma's. He felt much more comfortable on the ball. When he was on the ball, I felt safe. When Zuma's on it, it's this awkwardness that accompanies him where I just get nervous. You know, they he did well in instances, but it's the pre- if he gets pressed, they know that they have to press him and their problems can evolve. Yeah. Uh, I think that it might take him a while to find his best uh, centre-back partnership, you know, because... Uh, Rudiger is coming yeah. back, but then we also have to factor in that everyone is adjusting to to the system, and we also have to we we have to consider factors like uh, Aspeliqueta being not so good, and a lot of threat being generated on our right right hand side, and a lot of gap between the midfield press and the defensive line, which is just weird. But I mean, okay, I'm I'm willing to see what he does with it. So, um, Brian, we we know Fikayo Tomori from. I mean, we know him at least from him being named Young Player of the Year in 2015-16, I think. Uh, was that when Goose Hitting came in? Yeah, that was. And uh, you you guys remember when Tomori and Tammy Abraham made their debuts together and stuff, right? That was, oh, yeah, that was, that, that was yeah, that was a long time ago. It was pretty cool. And it, it's, it's nice to see Tomori come so far. And honestly, I, I didn't think that... I'd see this happening, like him, him making his full debut for us, but it has happened. So I'm quite happy about that. And I mean, how how do you feel about it? Do you think that he's, do you think that he will be here for years to come? How do you see the 
center back scenario thing playing out this is something i like to ask as many people as i can because we just have a lot of young options over there including ampadu if you want to count him so what do you, what do you think about that you know it's hard to predict the future but i was very impressed with tomori yesterday mm-hmm. uh, i felt like the loss kind of overshadows like his performance because mm. he did put in a very good shift you know and you know i i kind of agree with jimmy i think there's going to be a lot of matchups here where we're going to need to figure out who the best pairing will be um uh, i'm not sure zuma was the best pairing with tomori yesterday judging by how things kind of played out but that's neither here nor there we're talking about tomori um you know he's very promising very good on the ball um as a defender i think you know he definitely showed himself to be very adequate yeah. um i think until ruder comes back i think him and christensen would be a very intriguing pairing to see together for me I would like to see Rudiger and Tomori together. I think the two of them would complement one another um, and they seem like they would give us the most solidity at the back considering how <laughs> we're kind of leaking goals at the moment. Um, in terms of the future outlook for for Tomori, I mean, the sky's the limit for him. You know, he's getting minutes now. He's what, 21, 22ish? Yeah, he's 21, um, yeah. You know, so Christmas is also like what, 23, 24. So they're both pretty 23. young. 23. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely still room to grow in terms of them getting experience with the you know first team football, especially with uh, greater competitions like Champions League. Uh, you know, sky's the limit for him. I, I'm excited for him. I, I think he could be you know the future with Christensen and or Rudiger, um, but time will tell. Uh, I think he will definitely play a very big role for us this year, and I'm, I'm excited to see you know his maturation you know into the first team. Yeah, for sure, and. just just on just on the topic of of you know we we had a pretty inexperienced people say we had an inexperienced backline but you know you know how many games christensen and zuma have between them that, that's not bad at all like christensen played in the champions league twice he played two full seasons for gladbach and then he played like practically full season for chelsea and uh we we all know how much experience zuma's got like it's at least two seasons in the premier league in recent years and oh, there's all the stuff before that so you know it, it's not so much about inexperience and that that's something i want to ask you about andre because i, I see uh, a lot of people i mean and also journalists and stuff like i, re- I remember a journalist named uh, ali tweedel um tweeted something about likening lampard to tim sherwood and that that really grinded my gears for some reason <laughs> because <laughs> because not not just because he spoke about Tim Sherwood but also because uh, it's it, it's just it's just pretty lazy to look into what's happening now and say that you know there's there's a full fledged youth revolution happening because what i think is that it's i mean we're actually realizing that senior players have been the problem for a while now and it's time for a yeah. reset but i mean yeah what do, do, do you agree with that andre Oh, absolutely. Um I'm 100% with you on on that one cuz you know, for one, yes, that is a, a very silly uh perspective to have on this. I think it's kind of lazy. Um because yes, Lampard is using young players, but also we're transfer ban. What do you want us to do? <laughs> um so, of course we're going to have to do that. And like you said, the players really at fault are the players with a lot of experience. You know, Zuma's been very shaky um we are missing very key player uh key players in terms of that really quiet things down at the back line including Ngolo Kanté my favorite player mm-hmm. maybe of all time i love that mm-hmm. guy um <laughs> but you know and and of course Rudiger like i said i'm i want to reserve judgment until we see him have Lampard figure out who's a best pairing with him because i think we do have some promising players um you know Zuma and Christensen are both both have their elements to their game that are shaky. I think Rudiger's will be a, a calming presence and whether it's Tomori, Christensen or Zuma, I think having him as that central fixture will really help a lot of things especially if Ngolo Kanté's back. So, um, you know, just the 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 idea that Lampard's just throwing on a bunch of youth because that's what he wants to do and there's this whole like madman revolution thing going on i think that's a little bit silly i mean we have an academy of great players we need to see if they can perform this is the year to do it and it's really funny how perspective switches right before the season everybody was like oh there's going to be a revolution at chelsea this is so exciting and then a couple of results don't go great and it's like ooh ooh look at this this is terrible it's hmm. like calm down <laughs> like calm down this is we knew this was going to happen we're what four games in 
Um, is, does that in, is that including the Super Cup, which is very important, obviously? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it just, it, it's just, I want to see growth. And I think we can see that once we have the key players back that are that can really change the game. We know, we saw it. We went toe-to-toe with Liverpool. And they weren't not trying to win that game. It was very close. And they're very fortunate to win it. And we have N'Golo Kante and our midfield working that way will be very difficult to deal with. We just don't have it right now. Mm. I mean, one thing that one could also add to that is that I ju- just to talk about the impatience here, one always has to differentiate between, uh, you know, I mean, Twitter, of course, is just such an irrational place. But also, if you think of, <laughs> as, yes. as we, we are talking about, or we are the, we ain't got the history podcast, we can also talk about things that, you know, probably only members know. But our post-match threads are another example of, how reactionary it can be, you know. Let, let's be perfectly honest here. Um, these, these, I, I really don't see the point of people having gushed about this in the summer and then now wanting to already pull the plug. I'm not talking about Lampard, but just giving you for chance. You know, I mean, it's not even. It wasn't even their fault yesterday. I mean, I find it ridiculous that people were criticising Lampard for mm. him putting on Billy Gilmer who I thought didn't have a bad game. You know, it's, it's ridiculous yeah. that people said, oh, he should have brought on Christensen. Oh, come on. Come on. No one, if, <laughs> if we would have won, people would have said, yeah, he could have brought on Billy Gilmer. You know, you can't win in this world. It's, it's, it's kind of frustrating. But, um, no, I, yeah. yeah. I will say real quick, though, that one of the problems is you draw two two at home to Sheffield. This is what's going to happen, <laughs> you know, like that. The perspective of of it all in the moment is really hard to get. I hope that instead of being reactionary, which you know sounds kind of stupid when we're dealing with voices online, but instead of being reactionary, what I would like people to do is say, yes, this result really did suck. Um, but you know, kind of pull back from it and remember the perspective. Because even for me, like it didn't feel good. And you heard how I sounded at the beginning. I sound a little bit different now, but that's because to me in the moment, that perspective of the match, 2-2, it being an own goal across it shouldn't have happened, all that. And, and you kind of could feel that it was coming in the match. And I think that's what was so frustrating to me is that we needed something to get a handle of it to make sure that didn't happen. And mm. we've missed that for a number of seasons. And of course, what we were expecting to happen happened. But pull away from all that. You sit there and you say, okay, you know, we are missing key players. This is a very new system. We don't really have a star like stud, you know, multi-million pound player to throw out there and say, okay, fix some things. This is kind of what we have left to do, to, uh, to look at. And I'm not discouraged with it overall. Um, like you said, Billy Gilmore getting on, that was great. If, if we win 2-1 or whatever, it's like, oh, good, he got Gilmore some minutes. Maybe he can be a piece for the future and the whole perspective changes. You get that own goal, and now it's like, oh, why'd you bring on Billy? Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> because who else is going to bring on? <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. No, yeah, no. In fact, there's this uh, kind of expand on Andre's comments here. I feel like had we just grinded out that win, no one would have said anything negative about Billy Gilmore's appearance. And, you know, to Jimmy's point about the Andre's Christensen versus Billy Gilmore sub, like, I found it interesting that people thought that Christian would have prevented that second goal. I mean, maybe he could have, <laughs> maybe he wouldn't. But again, it's all hypothetical. You know, if you ran the same mm, right. simulation, so many different outcomes are going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like Gilmore Billy Gilmore passed it to them in the penalty area or something. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Gilmore was fine. He was not our problem. He was fine. Yeah. And, and even if you look at the events of that chain that led to that second goal, Gilmore wasn't really involved. You know, it came from a corner yeah. that was already blasted by Batshoy back to the defense. You know, Sheffield kind of recycled it, went down basically our right flank, and then a cross came in and, and on goal. So none yeah. of that really had anything to do with Gilmore or exactly. Kovacic had he stayed in. Yeah, and I think mm, Kovacic actually took a knock, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, what, what's, it, what's Lampard supposed to do? Um, we don't really have any other midfields at the moment and didn't have any on the bench, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, just the way it is. But let's let's talk about something um, le- not 
specifically Chelsea, but you know, this is a newly promoted side and it did show that, you know, the Premier League's unpredictable, you know. Any team can win against any team. Even the top six can really struggle against someone like Sheffield United. And while Ram was rambling on about Oh, they, they are dangerous. No one really took him seriously, but we all know that <laughs> just often the case. But, you know, it, we've all loved to ram. But <laughs> he was right. You know, they, they overloaded uh, that the open spaces with their centre-backs pushing forward. We weren't prepared for that. That Or I don't know if we weren't prepared for that, but we just couldn't handle it. And we got punished. So how much credit can be given to, correct me if I'm wrong, Ram, uh, Chris Wilder is the manager's name right yeah yeah, yeah Chris, that is, that is it. <laughs> and um and sheffield united's uh team that they had i mean what 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 can we interpret into that brian uh you know i when i saw the agenda for this uh, i didn't really have too many comments on sheffield's performance i kind of was hoping that ramp could kind of <laughs> take over <laughs> and kind of tell us more about it um, Happy to. <laughs> but what i was impressed at least kind of looking at you know, the Sheffield United, this is the first time I've actually ever watched Sheffield United. So mm-hmm. my takes are very rudimentary. But uh, I was impressed how they just played like a team. You know, they were drilled very um, good when it came down to defensive phase, come back down to like uh, back line of five, three protecting them, and then you have two fours up front. So anytime we got close to threatening them, they went back into that shell. And mm. it was very hard for us to break that shell because we weren't quick enough in the transitions to make a quick threatening move towards goal. Um, and then I guess in terms of this player, you know, uh, Sheffield United, uh, you know, obviously Robinson, um, that striker who scored a goal and assisted, mm. um, you know, he, he, he had a game he, and he, he took it to us. And uh, yeah, Callum Robinson. And, uh, you know, he, <laughs> he had uh, Cesar Espilicueta on skates for one of them. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, he got, you know, our, our captain Dave to bite, you know, down on a, a cross on his left. You know, Dave went the other way, and then he pulled it back, crossing the right, and there you go. Mm. Uh, score became two-two. So, you know, overall, um, I, I think I'm intrigued by how Sheffield will do in the Premier League uh, with Wilder's tactics. Um, you know, overlapping center backs. It it is a very interesting idea, and to see it kind of in full form in probably the best league on earth right? It's mm-hmm. interesting to see whether or not other teams will eventually figure out the most efficient way to attack them. You know, I thought Good what point. we were trying to do with direct football was the right method. You know, take it to them as quick as we can. Once the gaps were like there, when the center back moved up higher in the field, we didn't really quite get there, but other teams will. Um, like someone like Tottenham, Liverpool, you know, already had their game against them, I believe. Um, you know, teams were very, 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 very quick counterattacking teams with quick winners, I think, will definitely give them a lot of trouble. You know, I was hoping we would with Pulisic, um, but it just didn't quite turn out that way. Mm. Mm. Um, actually, as, as, you, as you already mentioned it, I think Ram is the best person to consult in this matter, but mm-hmm. I, just to make, put on, you know, make a mental note, we really do, we should also quickly talk about Christian Pulisic, because as we have two Americans here, yeah. Uh, that that would make sense. USA. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I as a as a Brit, um, I wasn't necessarily hyped when we announced that Christian Pulisic is joining. I because I do watch. Oh, I did watch quite a bit of Dortmund because in Austria here, you know, German Bundesliga is a big thing. Uh, and yeah, I, I wasn't too impressed, but you know, he had his great work ethic and he seems a very, very nice guy down to earth, hardworking, but he hasn't really hit the ground running yet. I mean, what, what reasons could there be for that? And I'm just going to put this to all of you, especially of course, the Americans, because this is something that really is bugging me and reading up on other people's thoughts I'm not the only one. You know, take that. Yeah, I'll I'll start. You know, I think any comment from me needs to be with the caveat that I am 100% all hype on Pulisic. 
um, I've been following for a while. Uh, I think he is basically, you know, the next best thing to like slice bread or the cooler side of the pillow, you know, um, he, you know, I follow the men's national team for the United States, like very in depth and, you know, he is our best player. So, um, where he fits in Chelsea is very curious right now. I think the squad that we've seen in these past, uh, three or four Premier League games, you know, it's in flux. This isn't what we're going to be like at the end of the season. You know, we still have people coming back from injuries, teams in flux. You know, he's shifted from the left and to the right. I felt like when he was on the left, coming in onto his favorite right foot with Emerson, I thought they had a great partnership. You know, that mm. game, you know, I, I would say the fake game against Liverpool for a fake trophy, I thought he had a great game. He almost had that goal that was kind of turned back with the offside. Um, I also think having watched him, he's a bit of a compass player. And had he got that goal, who knows where his confidence would be right now. He does fade in and out of games, and that's always been a knock on him, you know, even at Dortmund. Um, and we're seeing here, you know, at Chelsea, he does kind of go in and out. But, you know, like you said, Jimmy, like his work ethic is there. Like he is a guy yeah. like Pedro who's making those runs, whether it's diagonally from the wide position or in behind, you know, to get a poacher's goal. Like our first goal with, that Tammy scored was because Pulisa came in and threatened uh, the Sheffield United goalkeeper. You know, without his movement into that position, it was very likely Henderson, the goalkeeper, would have like cradled that ball and it wouldn't spilled out. Um, that's not to say he didn't do a lot of other stuff like in the match and kind of fade in and out, but I felt like his contribution will go a little bit unnoticed and unheard, you know, post-match, post-mortem, you know, analysis because that's not going to be picked up in a statistic, but, you know, I've kind of rambled here, but I love Kristen. I want more from him. There is definitely a lot more that needs to be done from him. He needs to be more lethal. He needs to shoot more, look for his own shot. But again, when I look at Pulisic's game, I've always considered it like the close thing to like early Eden, early Eden Hazard. You know, he's a guy who was going to dribble out opponents. He's a guy who's looking to create rather than look for himself. And that's kind of what we see right now with Pulisic. So where he grows and develops, uh, I hopefully we see it sooner than later, but, you know, hopefully he starts finding some goals and gets that, you know, monkey off his back. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Andre, what, what, what are your thoughts on him as a American? Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to defend him a bit here and not because I'm American. I think, I think one of the concerns that I have about, about this whole thing is that it, it threatens to get very obnoxious. And, and I say threatens as if it isn't already. Um, I, I think even for me, it's getting to be like, you know, Pulisic watch now for me, it's been great because he's on TV every week. We're not having mm. Manchester city on. We can actually watch Chelsea now um, without having to give uh, NBC sports any more money. So that's exciting. Um, but for me, I, I think that one, he is 20 years old. I definitely think yeah. he was an investment for the future. Um, this season is a whole lot of change, uh, adjusting to a new league, a manager who's adjusting to this league as that's very different from when he left it. Uh, I think he has some good ideas. I would like to see, this is kind of what I mentioned about the Sheffield match and using the wide areas, not just for fullbacks. Uh, Pulisic needs to be working one-on-one versus somebody. He needs to be wide. He needs to be putting in crosses and coming into the box with his dribble. He's great at that. Or getting balls over the top. We tried one and he miscontrolled it. But like Brian said, our first goal was really because of him. So he is having an impact out there when he plays, if only because of his hustle, his instincts to kind of get into um, good areas and kind of threaten. He's very good at that. Um, I don't really know if he'll ever become like the staple, you know, Chelsea player to look for, you know, but, but I also don't think it should be all on him to do that, especially right now with him just being 20. I, I would like him. I would, I would honestly preach genuine patience with him because I think we're not watching absolutely horrid performances. He is making an impact, perhaps not in the way that we want or are used to every single match. But that match versus Liverpool was great. That offside was so marginal, and he did he, he did have an assist in that match. He's he's been when when we get him the ball in the spaces that he that are his sweet spots, his best positions, he performs. And I just think it's about finding ways to do that. And I don't know if Ross Barkley, <laughs> as the as the ten for him to play off of, is really the best thing. But it's what we have to do with right now. 
Mm. Uh, Ruben, please hurry and heal. But, uh, you know, apart from that, I don't, I, I think, I think a lot of people are, are his, he's highly scrutinized one because he's American and, and the other is because he is, he is so young and he's making such a big leap. And I just think that at some point, um, we're going to figure out what to do with him and he will show a bit more of the, of the more obvious things. Cause right now he's doing stuff that's a little bit under the radar outside of the Liverpool match, but he's, I think he's fine. It's early. He's 20. We're figuring it out. I'm not really worried about him right now. I am worried about our defense. <laughs> but oh, we yeah. talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah, where that's I'm at a, with him. Well balanced. I am. Yeah. Very well balanced, yeah. I I have a little more scathing words for Christian Pulisic from yesterday, but we shall get into that after a short break. Yeah, so uh, my thoughts on Pulisic were personally, see, I've also followed him ever since he burst onto the scene at Borussia Dortmund because I, you know how I have fascinations for several things one of those things was also the American men's national team. So, yeah, they were they were the team I was rooting for in the 2014 World Cup. Please don't tell anyone that. But not even I was there. So not here now. <laughs> so, so the, the the game against Belgium was actually on my birthday, and yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, I remember watching like this whole series of videos on YouTube where every player in the World Cup squad talks about their background story, like Demarcus Beasley and Wanderlowski. And don't, don't even get me started. Anyway, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was me at that time. So I was just, you know, I, I I made it a thing to follow American players in Germany and um, other places. So yeah, I was very excited about Pulisic and. I was also pretty excited about him signing for Chelsea. But uh, although I didn't show it because I was like, you know, I have to maintain my image of Callum hudson is the best. So <laughs> the thing is with, with Pulisic, I think that he hasn't been as good as he could for some reason. Because apart from the Liverpool game, I just, I just haven't really been impressed much with him because he has made some good contributions in a pinch. Like he had the assist for Mason Mount against Norwich. And, yeah, he obviously scored against Liverpool, but I thought against Sheffield United, he wasn't very good at all. Obviously, again, he contributed in a pinch in a crucial moment, which was to, uh, you know, hassle Dean Henderson into giving the ball away to Tammy Abraham. But apart from that, I thought he was taking, like, one touch too many on the ball, like, time and time and again. Or he was running into Ender Stevens repeatedly. And I don't know what it is, but I think it may be because he's lacking the confidence a little bit. Uh, there is obviously a lot of scrutiny and a lot of expectation that comes with that price tag at that age and, you know, uh, an, an entire nation that's going to be watching you from afar. So I think that he probably isn't doing as well as he could on the confidence front. but And that may be affecting his game a little bit because I know he's he's much, much better than anything we've seen so far. So, yeah, I, I know he will get better, but for the record, I haven't been very impressed with him at all since since he's joined us. But, yeah, obviously, I, I hope that's going to change. Anyway, well, that was... one uh, of those... Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's one of those things I was kind of pointing to at the beginning, um, is that it seemed like we got his... You know, we, we haven't really found a way to get guys the ball in, in spots where they're really great at. You know, yeah, you yeah. see, especially against the Sheffield match, we really kind of, you know, came in from the left, but everybody was really bunched up right at the top of the box. I mean, there was Mount, there was Barkley, there was Pulisic, there's Abraham, everybody's just there. And mm-hmm. that's really not great. You know, he's he's not really the kind of Eden Hazard dribbler where he has great balance, where he's going to be able to pick his way through a, a, a wall of players, um, which, you know, is amazing. That's what Hazard did plenty yeah. of times. So, you know, that's really not a knock on him that he can't do that. But I do think we just need to figure out how to get him behind the defense, through the defense, cutting in into the box, because when he's done that, he's been great. I mean, he's got a couple of assists. You know, I I really, you know, I I think that he's been very influential playing that role. I mean, and of course, it is adjusting. He 
uh, did give give away the ball the most in that Sheffield match. I believe uh, I'm I'm looking at who scored, which you know. Take yeah, this was a grain of skull, yeah. but yeah, he, he lost possession seven times, which is way more than anybody else. Barkley had yep. four. So yep. like, that's not good. And to me it's, and they were, most of them were all in this, in that center area, right in the top of the box. And in that, in that, you know, kind of middle, um, opposing th- third up there. So that's not his strong suit and that's not where he needs to be. So when we figure that part of it out, I uh-huh. think he'll be much better, but right now, you know, we're we're you know work in progress. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you know, um, I read this blog on OptaPro um, a month ago, I think, where this uh, author, come data scientist, Peter McKeever, goes into who had the best progressive carries the, uh, in in the uh, top five European leagues or in the Premier League, and my my takeaway from that was he identified Christian Pulisic as uh, I think it was the top five players in the top five leagues for progressive carries, which is basically, you know, as it suggests, taking the ball and uh, carrying some distance with it um, based on, you know, certain distances that are adjusted in the opposition half. So, yeah, Eden Hazard was obviously first, I think, and Christian Pulisic was in the top five or the top ten. So I think it's great that we identified someone with, you know, who, who has the capability to... Um, do things like that. But as you said, it's also about the best, I mean, getting the best out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, that was about Pulisic and we've all laid out our thoughts quite articulately on Pulisic and the men's U S men's national team. <laughs> so <laughs> now we you should do go a, into, <laughs> if you want to do a pod on Chris Wondolowski. I mean, I'm, oh I'm, yeah, I'm, dude, I could <laughs> talk about that. But don't, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> Yeah, my God. I was just like, okay, who is Chris Wondolowski? Why has he scored so much in the MLS and why did he miss that chance? Anyway, yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's save that for another day. But yeah, I was I was wanting to talk to you guys about the Champions League draw because that also was a thing that happened in the last week. And we got handed what was, in my opinion, a very tough group in uh, Ajax. Lille and Valencia. So we have we have the Eden Hazard derby and we have the Juan Mata derby. And yeah, we just have youth against youth with Ajax. So that's pretty cool. And yeah, that's um, it, it's a very interesting group from the point of view that it's really anyone's guess as to who is going to get out of the group. And yeah, just from, a, from another different angle, like the UEFI Youth League matches are going to be really interesting. So... Yeah, what are what are your thoughts on this group, uh, Brian? Let's start with you. You know, before the draw, I thought that if we just advanced out of the group, it'd be a big win. You know, I just want to see some knockout phases, but uh, I'm actually surprised to hear that you're feeling a little pessimistic about the about the group. I actually feel optimistic about you know who we're facing. Um, you know, when I look at the fixtures, um, I think really the only trouble fixtures we're going to line up against uh, are going to be against Valencia uh, match day one which is later this month because we're in September now uh, is a sandwich between Wolves away uh, and Liverpool home we have Valencia at home so it goes Wolves away Valencia at home and then Liverpool at home and I think depending how Lampard wants to start rotating outside of this international break it'll be interesting to see who we see you know will Rudiger be back Reese James, all these other guys injured. Hudson Adoy, can he can he run now with the team? Uh-huh. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how we can actually win all three of those games. And then match day five, we have City away, Valencia away, and then West Ham at home. So the other games, when I look at the fixture list, seem to be kind of sandwiched against teams that we shouldn't have too much of a problem with, bouncing against Premier League teams and then either Ajax or, or Lille. So... I feel like we could at least lose one of those Valencia games and at least come out with the results on the other games. That's how optimistic I'm being. Maybe I'm being a bit too biased with Chelsea being optimistic here, but I feel like we can do it. Okay. Um, and as Ram said, like, Ajax is young. Leo is also a relatively young team. And Valencia is a team that actually crashed out last year in the Champions yeah. League. So yeah. we have a chance. Yeah, I mean, nice that you have it like pretty well planned out in your head. <laughs> that that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, 
but i was but yeah. i took notes <laughs> <laughs> yeah you really did didn't you <laughs> so yeah that's um listen w- when we're talking about the champions league i am my first thought was god i'm so happy that we're actually back in this competition it's um, yes firstly yes. firstly yeah. thursdays thursdays are the worst so let's just get that out of the way yeah and then there's also the fact that europa league is on thursday so <laughs> and then um, <laughs> yeah so um ajax alil and valencia all play a pretty good brand of football from what i've seen and they're all building like young teams and um lil in lil has actually signed this really good striker called victor rosiman and basically i i think that it just goes beyond us and ajax in in terms of where we are uh building squads and everything that's why i think that every single game in this group should be a cracker mm-hmm. uh the, the only problem is i i was you know i was tempering my expectations because i have no idea how we're going to manage uh the the heavy schedule with all you know all our injuries and potential injuries after that and you know just just the whole betting in period and that's why i wasn't as optimistic as i could have been but yeah like uh jimmy do you do you share any of that pessimism or optimism that you've just heard um i i actually agree uh not i don't agree with your pessimism to a certain degree but i agree uh, that chelsea has every chance to get out of that group on paper we should definitely you know valencia isn't having the best of times themselves at the moment um lil you know you shouldn't underestimate them but in theory we should be winning against them let's be completely honest here and i guess valencia course, is probably the weakest team in the group is aren't they okay i mean i know that lil has reinforced themselves but you know valencia standing wise you normally as said on paper put them above lil right Uh, yeah. uh, the the Eden hasn't hazard days and all the players that were at Lille at the time that they're long gone. So my point is, in theory, they should also be doable. Um, Ajax, of course, is something that you should never underestimate. They showed you last year what happens if you do. Yeah, and what happens when you play young players? Yeah, and the thing is, why I also think that we stand a chance against Ajax at least at home mm-hmm. is that you know. obvious choices really here they lost both uh delay and um frankie frankie de jong you know and frankie de jong was for me their best player uh, i mean it's ridiculous yeah. how good he is so he'll be He's a huge class. huge loss and you never know maybe i think the um transfer isn't it deadline day today if i'm not mistaken or is it tomorrow yeah, yeah. it is and andre ayu is staying as fancy I mean yeah it's just that I should say that. So the point is they could still lose Van der Beek also in you know it's, it's a possibility to Real Madrid if not then you know good for them but already losing those two players is a big big thing and I feel confident because of that I'm not saying we'll win because we ourselves aren't doing too well but I I I don't think we have to be overly overly uh pessimistic about this. So yeah. Uh, that's cool. Andre what what do you think of our group? Yeah, I'm 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 with uh I'm with Jimmy. It uh it could have been worse. I think the draw could have definitely been worse for us. I guess so. um a a couple of these are will, will be tricky matches and we'll just have to see how we're playing, who's back healthy and you know what we how, how much we can really impose our will on other teams which we we have yet to do um outside of the Liverpool match a little bit um so yeah i'm i'm actually pretty optimistic i mean some of these the most of the matches look like they're going to be fun if nothing else um yeah. and and ix is is you know like like you said they they lost really key pieces i would be terrified of them uh, if if they still had um you know probably even one of those guys um and i know they're a factory so they churn these guys out but right now we yep. haven't seen it and they were at a really high level last year and th- them losing key pieces to me makes me feel a lot better uh, about our chances at least in one of the matches i mean I, i expect it to be not not be easy both times but i'm pretty sure we can get a result out of one and i think that should be enough nice so i i think we're all we're all looking to we're all we all expect chelsea to progress out of the group so yeah i mean oh God, I, they better I, yeah yeah they better <laughs> 
Uh, but you know, I, I was the, the only reason why I thought we we didn't get such a great draw is because I just keep con- comparing our draw to Man City, and Man City got like uh, Shakhtar, uh, Dinamo Zagreb, yeah. Atlanta. So I was like, I mean, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you you can't don't compare us to City in any particular way or, or form at the moment. So <laughs> even their luck there, I don't know what's going on. I could be very pessimistic and say some things that would be journalistically. Um, uh, <laughs> fraudulent but uh <laughs> that's a fantastic group for them good for them <laughs> that's what i got FIFA or UEFA, you know yeah exactly uh, congratulations <laughs> uh, if i might add though city does have to travel a lot and chelsea won't have to you know oh, good so point. That's that's a big plus yeah that is a good point and uh if i if i may just kind of going back to what jimmy mentioned about losing the young and and yeah uh, do, is it delete or delight or delete? i think it's I mean, delay well, when I, when <laughs> I, I no hear idea. the occasional uh, Dutch person speaking, it's uh, and because they do have a lot of um, similarities that they share with German, it would be delay. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. I might be Andre, Andre, how would we Americanize that? Is it delict? <laughs> delay, right? Probably hard G, hard yeah. strong G. And act like that's how it's pronounced, and we said nothing wrong. That's how we do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, if I may, uh, they actually haven't really spent all their funny money from those two guys. Um, but they have signed a Mexican midfielder slash defender who I had a chance to watch pretty in depth. You know, with the Copa America or not Copa America, the Concacaf Gold Cup. Uh, Edson Alvarez. Alvarez, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's very good. He's a very good player. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'm interested to see how our midfielder hopefully get Ruben back and him again against Alvarez and see how those guys can battle against one another. But, uh, yeah, I'd say he's probably the closest to, like, the young um, mm. from what they brought back. Well, not bad. I mean, if we're, if we're talking about, you know, signings for them, don't forget Castillo, you know, just came from Chelsea. Yep. Also, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I doubt that he'll be really... No, he's not going to play. No, but well, still... he might though because they they didn't they have a shortage of fullbacks. I know they have an they... American out there, Serginho Dust, who who they've been playing now. So maybe he'll take his minutes. But... Well, they they have they have Tagliafico at left back. So I think for Champions League games he'll probably start. And uh, you know, in in Juan Castillo's um, an, you know announcement article on their website, it's explicitly mentioned that. He will be available for selection for a young Ajax, so I think that's where he's going to start out. He's going to play in the Eerste uh, Divisie with Ajax's B team, and then they go from there, I guess. Let's let's continue with our last last segment for today, and that will be Wolves. Yeah, Wolves played today. They drew. No, they lost. Excuse me. Uh, against Everton, they. Got yeah. a red card. Who was who got sent off for them? I can't remember. Bolly, 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 best defenders. Hmm. That that Willie Bolly is a pretty good uh, defender for them. So oh, yeah, I think he's good. That, yeah. that that should be uh, an advantage for Chelsea without a doubt. So, how do you think the game will go, um, Andre? Let's start with you. What what can we expect from the game? Will we be able to bounce? Well, bounce back. We only drew, you know, in quotation marks. But you know, <laughs> bounce back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how how th- could things unfold? Um, yeah. You know, I'm I, I do think that at some point um, we need to do one of those. You know, the, 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 there's a classic thing in America here about a statement game, right? This is this is kind of like I think we need to have one of those um, and. I think if we if we use the break right and we get a couple guys healthy, this could be like one of the first glimpses of of what's closest closest to our 100% best lineup. And I think if we can have something close to that, either Rudiger's back or Conte's back, something like that, um, I think we can we can finally start to see exactly what we've been trying to do. Um, as we saw today, uh, Wolves aren't aren't quite at the form they were last year, which is you know which which is good um, for us at least right now. Um, I do love their manager. I love how they set up. I love how positive they are. So it will be a challenge, but I'm really hoping that the squad, Lampard, and everybody knows that we really need to 
we really need to have one of those games where everything comes together and we really start to look like Chelsea should look like in certain matches. And I really hope now I'm, I'm basing this on purely hope, <laughs> but it is something that I'm, I, I want to see because having Conte not with France, having him, you know, have some time off to kind of rest his legs and heal. I think that should be good. Rudiger has been playing with the under 23s and I think Lampard said recently they Hopes this is the last game he has to have with them before he's back. So, you know, we, we've got some time to really build some guys back up and get them into the lineup. And if we do that and we continue to work um, in some of the wide areas that, that I think I want to see our, our wingers um, play in, which I think Lampard will see kind of the issues that we had against Sheffield being being some, some of that. Um, and he's shown an ability to adapt already, uh, whether it's the lineup or his tactics a little bit. So I'm... I've got confidence in him figuring it out. And this game versus Wolves could be very important and, and pretty big. So I'm hoping for something good. Mm. 2-0, something like that. Well, a clean sheet would be fantastic. <laughs> I, uh, I agree 100% with Andre. I think this is definitely a statement game. Um, and you know whether we get the guys back who are injured could definitely be a big bonus to you know this potential win. You know If we get Rudiger back... We get Reese James in. That'd be a bonus. Conte would be a huge bonus. Um, you know where Callum is. If he could come on as a super sub, that'd be great. You know, um, what I'm interested in is you know Bali had you know he's out for the match. So I don't really know if Nuno has ever done four in the bag or he's going to continue with this three. But how we do that and whether Lampard decides to change tactics because people are now back healthy. I think that would be very interesting to see how that can all place out. I mean, two weeks is a very long time. A lot can change. Yeah, it can. And I'd say that this is going to be a pretty tough game because Wolves are good. I know I've said this about like every opponent of ours so far, but except <laughs> Man United because they can't they, they they can't be good. So <laughs> it's uh, Wolves are. I mean, they're actually good, and we can all accept this because they got newly promoted, and then they finished. I mean, they're in the Europa League now, and they just knocked out Torino, so that's pretty cool. And although, although I will say that it's probably taking its toll on them because uh, losing to Everton in the way they did is not something very char- characteristic of them. They're usually a very solid side that doesn't really concede three goals in a game. <laughs> like yeah. that's definitely not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely not something to typify wolves with. So yeah, there's something something definitely happening there, and I think that they will still give us a tough game. But we we have to learn how to play around around their system, which is I think this might be the first team that doesn't actually press us like really high. Uh, pardon my ignorance if that's untrue, but I think that of all the teams, all the teams that we face so far, like this might be the first time that we have to you know, properly break through like a mid-block or something. So, yeah, I think that we will face a different challenge in that manner. And hopefully, hopefully we'll win like 2-1. That was my prediction for the Sheffield United game as well. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully this one actually goes according to script. And just before I ask you for your prediction, Jimmy, uh, guys, what wh- what do you, just, just give me your predicted scoreline in, yeah. In, in a sentence. Brian, Brian, let's start with you. Uh, You know, I'm a little pessimistic whether Rudiger will be back, so I'm thinking a 3-2 victory away would uh, be enough. Oh, okay, so you're 3-2. I'm a... Okay, 3-2, wow. <laughs> uh, you're 3-2. <three>, <laughs> I'm a 2-1, and uh, Andre, you were a... Two nil, I think. Yeah, I said two nil, but then I yeah. started thinking about our defense, and I'm scared. Uh-huh. So I'm probably gonna say, oh, I might just copy you and say two one because I really hope we win, but it could be two two. Okay, we are we are I think very very close to the predictions for the Norwich game. So hope it goes like <laughs> that. So Jimmy, Jimmy, let's have yours. Ah. Uh, uh. I really would like to say something positive, but I just rate wolves so, <laughs> so, so, so the, highly. It's the mighty yeah. wolves, so you can't really do, do much. You know, normally I try and disagree and say, oh, this is a typical Ram, uh, hyper, hyper, <laughs> but it's just kind of a situation where I, I can't 
can't really be positive. I really think that Wolves will give us a hard time, and then we might we will actually lose the game. Sorry for my pessimism there, but oh. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. But I just I just really rate Wolves very very highly, and I think wow. they will they will beat us. Unfortunately, do, um, do you? Do you think that will be the case if we have some key players back, say Conte and Rudiger, can get back into the squad as well? Well, the thing is, um, if if Conte is back, then I actually think we can get something out of that game. Rudiger, I don't think he's an immediate really improvement, you know, because he'll need time Ouch. to come back. Um, <laughs> no, I, I rate Rudiger, but I don't think he's going to be just like the savior and he'll end all our problems because that isn't Rudiger right. for me personally. And um, Reese James coming in at some point and replacing Azpilicueta will definitely strengthen us. But this all comes too early for Wolves. So if for some reason... He would come and play Callum Hudson-Odoi. He would play Angolo Kante. And we have, for example, uh, Antonio Rudiger and Tomori or um, Rudiger and Christensen in there. Sure, maybe. But I think this is just going to be too early. I think the next two games with Wolves and Liverpool after that, we'll just have to try and struggle through, somehow get through it. And then we have a lovely patch of games where we can really get things going uh, it's like six or seven games where we play against bottom half teams from last season or promoted teams if i'm not mistaken so in that respect i think we're not going to have a, a good time against wolves e- even if you know someone like uh, uh you know kante's back because kante can be all over the field but you know if someone like aspilicueta is just going to uh make mistakes as he did against um you know united against uh lesser against now um sheffield united that 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 won't really help us you know even with kante back but he will of course screen that defense undoubtedly but yeah that that's that's my take on that okay yeah i mean when you gave me a prediction i was like fine be that way (laughs) <laughs> but it's uh, if 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 you think that things are gonna go okay for us after that, then fine, I'll take that. Because yeah, it is the mighty worlds after all, with their really good manager Nuno Espirito Santo. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it's uh, unfortunately it's time for us to wrap this one up, and we're we're five episodes in, aren't we? That's 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 pretty cool. Mm. I think that it's um, it's it doesn't seem like such a long time, but yeah, five. Five weeks is a long time and it's been good on We and Got No Podcast so far and we have definitely enjoyed talking about Christian Pulisic, Sheffield United <laughs> and Chris Wondolowski among other things. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so When you want to do that pod, let me know. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so just before we end this podcast, do you guys want to um, Brian, I know you're not you're not too big on Twitter. So, is there? I mean, do you, if you want to plug your Twitter handle, that's cool. If there's anything else you want to plug, by all means. No, I'm like a I'm like a outlier for millennial who just didn't really adopt into Twitter. I remember when it came about like in 2008, 2009. It was like the alternative to Facebook statuses, and I just didn't really know how to kind of work with that. And ever since, I've just kind of adopted like Snapchat or Instagram. But yeah, my Twitter account is. At Yatko, I don't really tweet. I just kind of use it as a repository for my account so I can remember what actually I write because it's very consistent. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, hit me up. And, you know, you know, let's chat if you want to chat. Um, but yeah, at Yatko at Twitter. Fair enough. So that was that was uh, Yatkley, as we know him. He so he also obviously <laughs> writes on We and Got No History, and he's really good. So yeah, that that's him. And Andre, do you want to? I mean, in um. We don't have enough time for all your articles because we'd probably need another <laughs> hour for that. So, <laughs> oh. I, I know that you have a Medium page and also that you've written on Vice lately and also you have a very creative Twitter account. So please, please do go ahead and plug plug all that. 
Yeah, I mean, Twitter, Twitter's my main, my primary hub. So um, weird thing about my Twitter account is it's supposed to be my last name or Carlisle, but the person who actually has that hasn't tweeted since 2007 and Twitter refuses to give me the handle. So you have to do Carlisle, but instead of an L, you use an I and that's how you oh find me. Oh my God, are you, are yep. you serious? Yep, wow. yep, yep. That it's makes, the worst thing in the world. That makes yeah. it more <laughs> comprehensible, yeah. Yeah, it's really annoying. Actually, the funny story is when the Vice article came out, the editor tweeted it, and she actually tagged the wrong account, and I was like, no. <laughs> uh, she fixed it, but, you know, it's uh, until I get more clout and can force Twitter to pay attention to me um, and change that um, and make me the real Carlisle, which I should be. Um, yeah, that's what you got to do. Sorry. Well, that, that's actually hilarious, and that's also espionage. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's Not really above cool. a little bit of that. <laughs> so yeah, those were those were our two delightful guests on today's podcast. And as always, I'm Ram, and I had Jimmy with me today hosting. And this is We Ain't Got No Podcast signing off. See ya. <laughs>